0: Thanks for downloading the free and ad-supported version of Cubs Pod, which is actually three daily Cubs podcasts smashed into one episode. But Cubs Pod is actually a daily Cubs podcast, which is released every single day during the Cubs season on our Patreon page, completely ad-free at patreon.com sunranto. In fact, you'll get all Sunranto shows early and ad-free on our private premium RSS feed. Plus, you'll get access to our private Discord group where we host game watches and Cubs fan chats with the Super Ranters. Join us for as little as $1 at patreon.com sunranto. Please support independent Cubs media like us and subscribe at patreon.com sunranto. We can't do it without you. Thank you. And enjoy this version that is ad-supported of CubsPod.
1: And this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of Cubs content produced by the Bleacher Bunch Network for the Fans First Network. Last night, the Cubs were in the fish tank battling the Marlins. It was Marcus Stroman versus Jesus Luzardo, and it was a pitcher's duel Both pitchers pitched very well. Listen to how similar these box scores are. Stroman had 6.1 innings pitched. Luzardo had 6.1 innings pitched. Stroman gave up 6 hits. Luzardo gave up 5 hits. Both of them gave up 2 runs. Both earned. Both of them gave up 2 walks. Luzardo had six strikeouts to Stroman's three, but he also gave up a home run and Stroman did not. So basically they pitched each other to a standstill and then they turned it over to the bullpen. And unfortunately, we did not get the bullpen we wanted. But we will get to that in a minute. Let's go through this game a little bit. It's not hard because there was not a ton of offense, which has been a problem for the Cubs whenever Stroman is pitching. It's amazing. Stroman is pitching very, very well this year. He's got a 2.29 ERA so far. But he's had to make that hold up with only 2.83 runs of support each time he's out there. He's 3-2 and on the season and uh, has two no decisions. But the only real loss you can kind of give to Stroman is the Dodgers game because the other ones have kind of come against the bullpen and the offense really not scoring or not scoring enough like they did last night. They only had two runs and that's not quite enough when you're going to have to get at least three innings out of a bullpen. Any bullpen, really, but this one is absolutely a uh, volatile bullpen, and you don't really know what we're going to get each time they go out there. But let's get into this game a little bit, uh, highlighting that lack of run support. The first inning, the Cubs only saw five total pitches, and they made three outs. They were jumping all over Luzardo, and it did not work out for them. The Cubs got on the board first in the third inning when uh, Nellie Flo, still up here, even though Cody Bellinger is back. I will talk a little bit about that after the game highlights here. But Nellie Flo got in there and jacked a solo shot from the nine-hole DH. Because as everyone knows, the DH is your worst hitter, and you always put that in the nine hole. Of course, Nelson Velasquez is not a bad hitter at all. At the time that he hit this home run, he was 7 for 14 with three home runs on the season. Are you kidding me? This kid is absolutely raking. He's crushing. Why have we not had him up here? the whole time i mean we had right field open for two weeks but sure let's not bring him up until late because i don't know he needs a certain number of at bats in the minor leagues before he could possibly be ready this front office drives me insane sometimes but the cubs take a 1-0 lead on the uh solo shot from velasquez because he hit it with two outs. I wonder what he could do if, I don't know, you put a guy hitting 500 with 3 home runs on 7 hits a little higher in your lineup where some of the better hitters are, so people are on base and he gets to do it more often. Anyway, the Marlins bounce right back in their half of the 3rd. Uh Jesus Sanchez walked Fortez singled, and then John Bertie grounded into a double play, but that was enough to score Sanchez. Neither team does anything offensively until the seventh inning when Luzardo went out there for the seventh inning. Uh, he got the first out, but then he gave up a triple to Cody Bellinger, who saw that right off the bat and was flying around those bases, made it all the way to third, On a gapper into left center field. That was it for Luzardo. And uh, they brought in Huascar Brazoban. I am probably not saying that correctly. And uh, he faces Eric Hosmer right off the bat. And Hosmer singles to left field. It was ugly. But hey, a single's a single. He reached out there. He got a ball that he probably shouldn't have been swinging at pulled it which he probably shouldn't have been doing with that ball and he hit it directly into the ground which isn't good I was listening to Mike Waller's show Cubs PS Plus and Hosmer has like a negative launch angle on the season not like just a couple of get the whole season so far Uh, he is more likely to hit the ball down instead of up he's hitting 242 on the season And that's actually, like, really lucky because the advanced statistics, which, you know, I don't really know much about, but Waller does, and I trust him when he says that Hosmer is really just getting lucky. But what's really interesting about this is that it was a pinch-hit appearance. Hosmer was not in this game. They pulled Patrick Wisdom, who is their second biggest power guy, Uh, He's their best third baseman at the moment. And for some reason, they decided to get rid of him in this game so that Eric Hosmer, who hits balls into the ground, could come in. To make matters worse, Hosmer is apparently not even good enough to run because once he got the single, they put in Madrigal, who I guess is the defensive replacement for... Patrick Wisdom, who had two great plays in this game up to this point. But Madrigal is now pinch running for Hosmer. It's just a mess. I don't understand what they're doing with third base at all at any time. But hey, I guess it worked out at the moment. You know, they got the one run. They brought him in on the single. Of course, nothing else happened in that inning. But Cubs were up two to one, but not for long. David Ross sent Stroman back out there in the seventh inning, despite some very loud outs in the sixth inning. And uh, Ross got Jorge Soler. Remember him? I do. Uh, got him to ground out to start the inning, which was good. But then he walked Luis Areas. He gave up a single to Avacel Garcia. And Gene Segura hit a single to bring in Luis Areas. And Ross finally decides to pull Marcus Stroman. So he could have left the game uh, with the lead and a chance for a win. Instead, Ross leaves him in there long enough to let the game get tied. And now he's leaving at best with a no decision. Mark Leiter Jr. came in and got out of the trouble in that inning. So it was a 2-2 tie at the end of seven. The offenses went quiet for the next couple innings, but then, of course, came the ninth inning, 2-2 two, two tie. Will we get a walk-off or will we get a clown ball game? Well, we got lucky and we got a lot walk-off. I mean, sort of. At least we didn't have to see clown ball. Michael Rucker entered the game for the Cubs in the ninth to try and hold it and get us into extra innings Uh he did not. He gave up a single to Jorge Soler. And then, just because, I don't know, he loaded the bases by hitting the next two batters. Luis Areyas and Avasail Garcia both got free passes due to being hit by a wild pitcher. And then came Gene Segura, who you may remember from such hits as the seventh inning when he tied the game. And now, he got another hit and walked it off. The Cubs take the L in the fish tank in the first game of this series. In a game that they absolutely could have won, but odd, odd decisions uh, throughout the game by David Ross. I don't know if those decisions necessarily lost them the game. I don't think you can actually say that, but still it was it was weird, and when weird things are happening, maybe the team doesn't play as well, just because like weird stuff I don't know a couple of notes about this game that I really wanted to bring up is uh apparently our right fielder uh say hey because it seems like uh say Suzuki maybe say Hayward. <laughs> He grounded into two double plays in this game. Not good. He had a rough day at the plate. 0 for 4, one strikeout and two double plays. The other thing, kind of more funny, is that John Chiambi is absolutely saying Jism. Yes, I get it. Jazz Chisholm Jr., that's... A joke that we would make on the Sunranto show for sure. I'm there. And sometimes, maybe if you're saying jazz chism quick, maybe it sort of sounds like that. But I am convinced he is purposefully saying jism because he doesn't do it all the time, but he does do it. And when he does it, you can kind of hear a little like lightening of the voice, like. He's smiling as he says it because he knows he's getting away with something. Uh, it, it's maybe the only thing that Shambi has ever said in the booth that I'm fully behind. And I think that's kind of funny that he's sneaking those things in on the broadcast. I don't know. Just you know, pay attention when you're watching the game today. And speaking of the game today, the Cubs will be playing at 3.05 Chicago Standard Time. And this game is a national game on Fox. So don't go looking for it on Marquee. It's going to be on Fox. So that means it's going to be even worse announcers than Shambi. So you might want to just tune into 670 The Score at 3.05 and listen to Hall of Famer Pat Hughes tell you about adult diapers. This would have been a Jamison Tyone start, but he is still nursing that groin injury. So uh, MLB.com has uh, the probable starter for the Cubs as Killian. I guess I missed this uh, on Cubs.com in the transactions. It doesn't show that they called him up, but I guess they're calling him up today, so maybe they're just behind on that. I don't know. You'd think they'd be a little bit quicker on that stuff. Anyway, uh, Caleb Killian's going to come up and get his first start of the year. That should be fun. I remember being very excited for him last year, and he came up and was not very good on the major league level. I hope he's got some things figured out now. Nobody on the Marlins has ever faced him, so we'll just see what happens I guess uh let's go killian i I really do hope he pitches better. I'm a little worried about it because of what happened last year, but you know maybe he's he's worked through it and um He's not up here just to fill the spot that Tyone is giving up, and he's actually supposed to be here? God, I hope so. Edward Cabrera will be taking the mound for the Marlins, and uh, Cubs have seen him a little bit, not too much. Uh, Gomes has seen him the most. He's got five at-bats against him, but he's got no hits. Uh, Hap has is one for four against him. And um, Nelson Velasquez is 0 for 4. So I would imagine since he hit a home run yesterday and is an amazing hitter, that 0 for 4 is going to be enough to get him sat on the bench without even a chance of a pinch hit today. And since we're talking about Velasquez here, um, let's talk about another transaction that did happen yesterday. And uh, Luis Torrens was DFA'd. That was a surprise. Look, I am all for keeping Nelly Flo on this team. He has proven that he should have been on this team the entire season. I really like the guy. And Luis Torrens hasn't done much, but he is a third catcher. So he has a potential spot to fill if something were to happen to our two old catchers that we have. Edwin Rios, though would have probably been the guy that I would have DFA'd before Torrens because there is literally no reason for this guy to be on the team. He has 16 at-bats on the season. He's got one hit in that time. So 063, 250 OBP, 500 OPS, which means his one hit was like a double, I guess. I don't know. I'm not going to really look into it because – we never see the guy. I keep forgetting he's even on the team until things like this happen where they decide to DFA Luis Torrens who might have a reason to be on the team and keep Edwin Rios. I Again, what what is happening? What is freaking happening with this roster construction? You drop Torrens, I guess, so that you can bring up Caleb Killian? the start and you keep rios who doesn't ever do anything not that torrens is doing anything i well, you get what i'm saying i know you get what i'm saying you guys are all smart baseball fans and this doesn't make any sense so why i just why and by the way still mervis down at triple a just crushing and he's not getting to call up unless of course they are going to send killian back after his start and then give mervis the, the spot that torrens just vacated but then you still have three first basemen instead of three catchers and you don't really need and then nelson velasquez is the dh so mervis is again i i don't know what's happening I don't know what's happening, but whatever it is, I mean, I guess it's working. I can't complain too much. The Cubs have a winning record at the end of April when it looked like April was going to be a really tough stretch. They are 14-11 at the moment. So, you know, the worst they could end April after the next two, if they were to lose the next two games, is 14-13. So, they won April. Yay! Let's see if they can keep this up and win May too. But I've really taken up too much of your time and too much of my own time, so I'm going to let you go. I'm sure people will be in the Discord today. I probably won't. I will be listening to Pat Hughes and doing other things with my life besides just sitting in front of the TV and looking at my phone so that I can talk to you guys not that I don't want to talk to you guys it's just come on it's actually nice weather get outside listen to Pat enjoy something anything you don't want to watch this on TV anyway because it's on Fox I don't care I don't want to keep stretching this out but Danny will catch you up tomorrow and until then uh, keep around on them bases I am out at home spug off
0: All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a Super Ranter at patreon.com sunranto where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer and in turn line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just one dollar a month can buy a scorecard. Five dollars a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And ten dollars a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sunranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and ranter recognition in our live broadcasts. Plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sunranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com Sunranto. That's Patreon.com Sunranto. And become a Super Ranter today. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network, your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on April the 30th, 2023. Yeah, yesterday... Got to hang out with the Pinwheels and Ivy fellas. Uh, we had Kay Fids and Aldo Solo Soto from uh, that show. Um, and also Joe Johnson, uh, the famed t-shirt, probably the most famous t-shirt seller in the world, I would venture to say. And we went over on the Playback app and we hung out. Um, they asked me to do that with them. And I think I was filling in for somebody, to be honest. Um, I think they've got another host who's a White Sox fan. When they heard that... It was going to be a Cubs game. They they bowed out and decided to watch the White Sox lose badly, I might add, instead. Um, but the Cubs played badly, too, as we all watched this game together. And uh, it was their second loss in a row. They lost 7-6. to six. And let me tell you how it happened. Um, well, things got off to a pretty good start when the Cubs put two on to start the game. But then uh, Ian Happ struck out and Sayo Suzuki grounded into a double play, which he seems to enjoy doing lately. Uh, the bottom of the first was an absolute nightmare for Caleb Killian. He totally crapped the bed, started off with uh, Jiz Chaz Holm, uh, Jazz Chisholm. Uh, he bunted on the rookie, which, you know, hey, welcome to the Bigs, kid. You know, I haven't seen you yet. I'm going to bunt on you. I'm fast. I'm going to challenge your defense. You're probably going to throw it away, and I'm going to end up on second base. He did not throw it away. He almost actually got him, but he was safe on the challenge. But then. Things kind of turned around. Solaire came up and struck out. He had a bad game. Um, but then a single and a hit-by-pitch ended up loading the bases. And then Caleb Killian actually, you know, I'm feeling confident again. You know, you got some traffic out there on the base paths, but then he gets a second strike out of the inning, and I'm like, okay, here we go. But then there was a ground rule double, a wild pitch, a walk, a single, another walk, and then a hit-by-pitch, until finally Soler grounded out to end it. And at the end of all of that, the uh, Marlins had put up five runs and batted around. If, if poor Jorge Soler. I love the guy, but he, he made two outs in this inning, which I guess for the Cubs is good. Maybe he's still on the Cubs, just in his mind, because it certainly helped us get out of that inning. But then in the, bot, in the uh, top of the second, Cubs came right back out. And Wisdom put up another home run. He's uh, got 11 now of the year, 10. Uh, Looked that up super quick. Um, but, I mean, the power that this guy possesses, uh, I, I'm not saying he should be in the lineup every day, but can you imagine, like, he could be even better, 10 home runs, He he could be even better if he was just allowed to, like, play the right matchups. If, like, I don't know, let's say you had a, platoon for him or you know used him as kind of like the first man off the bench or something i don't know and just you know started five times a week instead of seven you know like that kind of thing anyway he's having a great year power wise he's up towards the the leaderboards as far as homers go with 10 and that's pretty pretty damn impressive um so he homered it to uh in the bottom of the second with mancini aboard and uh, then it was five to two and you're like okay we're back in this thing so then uh Killian comes back out and he gives up a couple singles in the bottom of the second, but a double play ended the threat. But then uh, the Cubs load the bags with three walks and no outs in the third inning and uh, I'm thinking to myself, oh man, this is gonna be uh this is this is our moment, right? you know like you're you're feeling this. Uh th- that in this that this the Cubs are gonna come back like they did the other day when uh the Grand Slam was hit by Nelly Flo. But uh, that's not what happened at all. Um what happened was uh way worse than that. Um Saya and Belly struck out and then Mancini grounded out threat over. So that sucked. Uh Killian and, and man, you could have scored that run so many different ways. All you had to do, Seiya and Belly, was not strike out. That's all you had to do. Anyway, uh, Killian came out in the fourth, and uh, he got two outs and uh, then gave up a double and a single, which scored another one. At that point, Jorge Soler flew out, and um, actually, that was in the third inning, I believe, uh, which thank you once again, Jorge, for your services as a Cub. Um, Thank you. Cubs did nothing but strike out in the fourth inning. And then, uh, in fact, like, geez, uh, Cabrera in this game. 12 strikeouts, Edward Cabrera. So you got to tip your hat to that. The Cubs were looking like idiots, only had three hits off him, two runs. So uh, in the bottom of the fourth, the Marlins uh, had two singles and then a sharp line out, and then that was it for Caleb Killian on what was a rough day. He gave up all seven of the runs that they scored, and, um, Then uh, Rossi finally dusted off Jeremiah Estrada, who uh, gave up a run scoring single immediately, but it wasn't charged to him. It was charged to Killian. And then he got the last two outs. In the fifth, Hap walked, but everybody else struck out. Uh, There's one of uh, three of Cabrera's 12 strikeouts on the day. Estrada had a little bit of traffic in the fifth, but nobody scored. It was just nice to see him again because he's been on the team and we just haven't seen him. So I'm like, you know, Rossi might have forgot that he's on the team. So Nardi came in for the Marlins. Cody Bellinger homered, unfortunately, a solo shot. That would have been nice with the bags loaded before. That would have been real nice, Cody, but that's not what happened. We win the game if if it's all reversed. We got the hits in the wrong order. That happens sometimes. Then um, Mancini, Hosmer, and Wisdom all singled. Now we that would have been nice, Mancini. You know, uh, back hey Wisdom. How about uh, why don't you uh, single with guys on? That'd be nice. Well, he did actually. It was, the bases were loaded; they just couldn't score on a wisdom single. He hit it too hard. But then Rios got caught looking. Uh, Horner then hit a ball to the warning track, which excited everybody. But it was because it was, but it was just sacrifice fly, except for it turned into a sacrifice double play because uh, Mancini scores on the play, but Hosmer. The hell are you doing? So he's trying to advance maybe to third on the play, and he decides that he's not gonna go to third and he tries to run back to second and he's just caught out there. Just a boneheaded play. I mean, if it's hard to advance to third, but even in a ball to the warning track, it's hard to advance to third base on a ball that is hit to left field, and he couldn't do it. So it's just a boneheaded play, and probably. I don't know. Maybe the Cubs end up winning this game if um, if that doesn't happen. Or if somebody could just freaking come up with a big hit for God's sakes. They, they just couldn't. They just nickel and dimed the whole time and somebody needed to actually do something. In fact, they did do stuff. I mean they did hit a few home runs. They just did it with nobody aboard. <sighs> Frustrating. Um so then, uh what happens? Oh uh, yeah, Merriweather came in. And he was actually Meriwether, and not that scary weather. Uh, two innings pitched. Uh, he had a leadoff walk to start at the 7th, but that was it. Cubs made some noise again in the 8th inning. Uh, Belly and Mancini walked, but then a Nelly ground out, made, wait, made one out. Wisdom then walked to load the bags again. Gomes actually came through, uh, and he was uh, pinch hitting for Barnfart. Uh, Barnhart, who actually kind of stinks. Barn Barnfart stinks. Um, he's not a good catcher either, it seems. It Cubs don't win when he catches. So I don't know what the hell. Maybe maybe he should have got gotten rid of Barnfart and kept Torrance. I don't know. Torrance never played catcher. So we have no idea. Dewey, Grandpa Lossy. So anyway, uh wisdom uh he was uh the gums wasn't really a single. I mean it was like an infield hit that would have normally uh got I mean they tried for the double play and they couldn't get it because wisdom was safe at second and then Gomes Mr. Wheels uh was safe at first because of course he was cuz he's a speed demon now it was just a slow developing play and no they got nobody but then Hosmer grounded out but that scored uh Nelly Flo so then Nickeland Di- I mean sorry Horner grounded out uh that is scored Nelly Flo from third base now it's 7 to 6 you're like, okay, somebody do something big. Come on, Dansby Swanson. Nope, I'm going to pop out. Sorry. Too little, too late. Um, Adbert was awesome in the eighth. Two strikeouts, kept the game close, kept us in it. Saya singled with one out in the ninth. Finally, once again, where was that before, Saya? Belly and Mancini then struck out because, of course, they did. They could only come through and it doesn't matter. And uh the Cubs end up with sixteen strikeouts as a team on the on the game. They were just terrible with runners in scoring position, uh two for eleven. So that's not gonna get it done. And um, yeah, just frustrating. Frustrating game. Caleb Killian, maybe not as good as everybody had hoped. Seven runs on ten hits and in three point one innings. Yeah. That's not a major league caliber pitcher. You're not going to stick around too often if that's what you do. He was turning purple out there on the mound. Like, they made him wear it. You know, Rossi, I don't know if that's just something that – I mean, you first of all, you need the innings. You needed somebody to go – I mean, you're hoping he's going five, but, you know, you couldn't leave him out there too much longer. I mean, it's a lot of traffic. There's, you know, and, it, and the Cubs were coming back. So, you know, Grandpa lost. He actually tried to win this game. Um, It was just a failure. So, um, what else happened? He had a pitch timer violation, too. Saya had one as a batter. Uh, ended up starting with strike one. So, get clean that up, boys. And um, man, the bullpen, I guess you could say they were good if you're looking for some kind of silver lining here. Uh, 4.2 innings pitched for them. No runs that were earned. Just uh, a strata single that he gave up that scored one. But that was charged to Killian. and. Just a just rough stuff. I mean, I had a good time hanging out with those guys, drinking a little wine, hanging out, enjoyed it, but still, man, just, what is it about Miami? What is it about, I'm going to look it up at some point, what our, the Cubs record is in Miami. I, I'm sure I'm wrong about it, that we probably do have a, at least a 500 record there, but it feels like every time we go there, we lose all the games. Just frustrating weekend. Um yeah, all the way around. They walk off on us on Friday, Saturday. was just a shit show. (laughs) Just rough. Well, we'll try again today, and I like our chances yet once again. Justin Steele, 4-0 with a one nineteen ERA, going up against Brian Hoeing, 0-1 with a 9.82. That's way worse. Um, Steele, last time he went out there, zero runs on three hits against the Padres, went 5.1 innings. Uh, hope, hopefully he can go longer because we've just been riding that bullpen. It would be nice to... How about a complete game under 100 pitches for for Justin Steele? How about, in fact, a perfect game? That's what I want. Um, Avisail Garcia has a home run off Steele. Stalling has seen him the most, but it's only six times. He's one for six. And uh, Brian Hoeing... He's actually not bad in the minors. He's got a 208 ERA this year, but uh, only three innings pitched in Miami. And I already mentioned his ERA near 10. He's a 26-year-old right-hander with an ERA over four, though, in the minors over the course of his career. I don't know that he's that good. But Cubs really haven't seen him uh, too much at all. Uh, Belly has uh, two played appearances. Uh, Gomes and Swanson have one. and uh, nobody has anything to show for it. Not a hit in sight. The game's on Peacock in only two hours time. So sorry, this is getting out a little bit late, but um, I just, that's what's happening. I've had to record Sunday morning and instead of Saturday night, and it's just getting out there late. Um, Yeah, I do like our chances in this game. I really do. Um, But it's, I've liked our chances in all these games. In fact, we were in all the games. if the Cubs and the Marlins seem to be very different teams right now. um and I but it but in the same way in the, in the fact that they're going to end up with the same record at the end of the year. You know what I mean? That it, they're all going to be 500 teams. Both teams are going to be 500, but they're just going to get there incredibly different ways. They've got some, got some elite pitching. They've got a lot of exciting young ball players and some old guys that are hanging on for another round. You know, they, they, they've got a vibe to them. They're going to be probably frustrating to Miami fans. The Cubs, same thing. They are just a very different kind of team. Um, a lot of nickel dime crap. So anyway, it's been good so far. I shouldn't complain too much. Cubs are still above five hundred. Uh, Miami now is too like, above five hundred. But once again, I really think we just both end up five hundred at the end of the year. But uh, if you if you're going to this game today, uh, they do have a bottomless brunch, which seems like a pretty good deal because it comes with mimosa. I don't. It, anyway. Any any time that you can drink as much as you can as you want to that can be a good deal if you like drinking. They're also giving away a reversible floppy hat uh pre- presented by a casino called M- M- Mikosucky. <laughs> Mikosuki. So, yeah. Get your hat at from the Mikosucky casino. Anyhow, uh that's your that's your preview for today and uh as we do on Sundays, I'm going to take a look around the league and let you know What's happening in the standings around baseball? We'll start with the AL East, really the strongest division overall. The last place team, the Boston Red Sox, are still five hundred. Um, Yankees are in fourth. Toronto, eighteen and nine, only gets you uh, tied for second place with Baltimore, who's also eighteen and nine. And once again, Baltimore, their first surprise, um, and Tampa Bay still leads the pack, eight and two in their last ten. In fact. All the top three teams Tampa Bay, Baltimore, and Toronto, eight and two in their last 10. Um, Toronto's won six straight. So that's just a tough division yet, once again. No surprises, though. Everybody knows that that's a tough division. Um, Minnesota leads the AL Central at 16 and 12. Cleveland's a game under 500 in second place. And then it just, I mean, I knew the AL Central wasn't that good, but wow. Uh, Detroit at 10 and 16, and then the White Sox, 7 and 21. Just a terrible start to the year. Already nine games back in the standings. They are tied for last place, or I guess fourth place, if you want to consider it fourth place. They are tied for fourth place um, with the Kansas City Royals, who are also 7 and 21. Both are nine games back. And just. Wow. Um last night it looked like they might actually win. They were up 3 to nothing against Tampa Bay. Uh in going into the 7th inning at which point the Tampa Bay Rays scored 10 runs and then added on two more in the 8th and ninth to win 12 to 3. Just brutal. Um wow. Just I mean I knew there there was a bunch of uh, my White Sox fan friends were on a whiskey crawl um yesterday so hopefully they were already drunk and passed out by the time that 10 run happened wow just rough stuff um but still i mean i'm not a white Sox fan so i'm not gonna cry about it the al west looks like this 16 and 11 texas leads the pack houston just a game over at 14 and 13 they're in second Angels are 14-14, 500, and then Seattle, 5-under, and Oakland, 18-under already, the worst team in baseball, 5-23. and 23. It's just, it's brutal up down there. Thank God we swept them. Otherwise, I just, the Cubs could not show their face in baseball. I wonder who, who they even beat. I mean, they're going to run into a few wins here and there, but they're, if, if they've only got five wins a month right now, that's a 30-win team. That's a 130 loss team. I mean, just, it's unacceptable. Move to Vegas now. Like, no one's even, just stop playing. Just forfeit all your games, pack up your stuff, move to Vegas. Just be, get, get on with it. This is unacceptable. As this is, you can't be that bad. Like, that should be illegal in the league to be that bad. Atlanta in the NL East leads the pack 18 and 9. Uh then it's the Mets at fifteen and twelve. Miami's now fifteen and thirteen. so is Philadelphia fifteen and thirteen. pretty strong division except for Washington who's nine and seventeen. um yeah, it's it, both easts tough. The big shocker is Pittsburgh's the second best team in baseball <laughs> at twenty and eight. They're nine and one in their last ten. um they can't be stopped. They probably can be. I looked at their schedule. They beat the Reds. Actually, they lost to the Reds. A couple of their losses, they lost the first season uh, series to the Reds. Then they beat the crap out of Boston, who's in last place, but still a 500 team. Then they beat the crap out of the White Sox. They are also in last place or fourth place. Then they actually lost to a good team, the Astros, Then they beat the Card actually they split with the Cardinals, who are also a last place team. Then they beat the Rockies who are in last place. They beat the Reds who are in last place. They won two or three from the Dodgers. So that's a good team that they did something against. And then they beat up on the Nationals. So mostly they played bad or last place teams. So I mean, they're still doing better against a few good teams. Maybe it's just the momentum of beating the bad teams that's doing it. But I don't trust this Pittsburgh situation, especially with O'Neill Cruz out. Um, so they do have the best run differential, though, in the uh, well, actually, in the whole National League. So do with that what you will. They lead the pack in the Central, second best team in baseball right now. Milwaukee only a game and a half back, eighteen and nine. Uh, the Cubs are still two over five hundred at fourteen and twelve even after losing two in a row would have been nice to at least get one of those but no um Cincinnati 12 and 15 not quite as bad as last year and St. Louis the St. Louis Cardinals 3 and 7 in their last 10 now 10 and 18 to start the year um that is the best last place team in the National League though so next to Boston who's actually a 500 team and in last place St. Louis is not the worst last place team. Um there are worse, like Washington's worse, Colorado's worse, you know that kind of thing. But still, they're off to a terrible start and uh that's hilarious. The White Sox suck, the Cardinals suck and it's just it's magical. It's magical. It really is magic. In the NL West, Arizona, another surprise leading the pack, 16 and 12, the Dodgers have kind of put it to pulled it together. Picked up a couple games. They're now fifteen and thirteen. Two games over San Diego. Once again, just you know, I don't know. They got all this talent, and they end up five hundred for April. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they can put it together. The eleven and fifteen San Francisco Giants are in fourth place. In Colorado, eight and twenty. Uh, I heard from K Feds yesterday on the uh, hangout that uh, Bryant was promised that. The Rockies were going to start adding to their team, and uh, they have not. So Chris just gets lied to, I guess, (laughs) over and over and over, and screwed with, you know, the service time thing, they're taking advantage of that, and anyway, Cubs, Chris is a good player, solid, you know, just one of those careers that, I mean, he just hasn't been able to stay on the field as much as you would have liked, and... You know, it peaked early. He had himself that MVP, Rookie of the Year, all those things, and then that was all that promise and hope just kind of turned into, like, a last-place Rocky situation. <laughs> brutal. Brutal for KB. Anyhow, there is your Cubs pod for April 30th, 2023. Hopefully the Cubs can put out, pull out a W in this one. Uh, it'd be nice to see. Uh, Sunday afternoon, this game is in two hours' time. Uh, from the release of this podcast so hopefully you get a chance to listen to it and um hope you enjoyed my recap and my preview and my look lot around the league. Cotton will get you tomorrow with a little preview of the Washington Nationals series as well. Who stink. So hopefully Cubs can write the ship start let's start today. Let's get it going. Build on what you did at the end of the game yesterday when you came back and almost tried to win. But you didn't, because you failed. Hopefully, you don't fail. It's Sunday. Let's get one spugog. I mean spugog. If you like the Cubs a bunch, buy your t shirts from In The Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Dansby Sayah, Morel, too. Clark Fly in his double U. Cody Bellinger, Smoking Doos. Vintage shirts from days of old. Patrick Wisdom and Nico. You'll look sharp wearing your strove. Temper set off with the code S O N R A N T O. S O N R A N T O. InTheClutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it all at In The Clutch. Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t-shirts from In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch.
1: 2023, and this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of Cubs content brought to you by the Bleacher Bunch for the fans' first network. It is quite fitting that today is May Day because the Cubs are saying May Day after crashing and burning for the entire weekend in Miami. A three-game sweep to the Marlins in the fish tank is terrible and this game was terrible there was nothing about it that seemed to be going right even when things were going right like the Bellinger home run it was just messy like it was all weekend but let's focus on this game and I guess we can start with the Sunday lineup I don't really know how they're coming up with these lineups, but I know that me and other ranchers just don't quite understand. Like, why? What, do, what are we doing here? Um, it's been pretty clear over the last couple of days that Seiya Suzuki could use a day off. Now, granted, he did have a hit in this game, but we do have Nelson Velasquez on this team who could go out there for a game and, And be able to get some hits and play the field. It's not like you have to have him at DH every day. Oh, wait. He wasn't at DH. Edwin Rios, who we're all still amazed is even on this team, was the DH for this game. So that means you're not even going to put Nelson Velasquez in the lineup at all? Oh, no. Actually, you are. You're just going to wait until later... When Edwin Rios has a hit and a run and a walk, and he's done nothing wrong the entire game, but now you're going to pull Rios to put in Nelson Velasquez. You just don't pull a guy who has done everything right. That doesn't make any sense. Now, look, I love Nelson Velasquez too, but I mean, there are other ways to do this, and they're not doing it. Instead, Velasquez comes out, get rid of Rios, and then Velasquez goes 0-2 for, for the rest of the game, even though one of the outs that he made was a bit unlucky. Uh, he ripped one to third base that led to a double play because it was so quick that Wisdom wasn't able to get back to second in time. I mean, on paper, with no context whatsoever, this really doesn't look like that bad of a lineup for the day you know, Horner at the top, Swanson, then Hap, then Suzuki, Bellinger in the fifth spot, Wisdom, six, Hosmer, Rios, and Gomes. I mean, other than the decision to put Rios in there at all, because we still don't know why he's on the team instead of Nelson Velasquez, I don't know, but it's not the worst lineup that I've ever seen. It just didn't make sense today when it really feels like Saya needs a day off and you have nelson velasquez there to do that job i don't know i don't know i mean at the very least with seya suzuki if you're going to use him with as bad as he's been hitting maybe you move him down a little bit and you move bellinger and wisdom up i mean it feels like the numbers are controlling this game The numbers, not the people, not the humans that are actually out there doing the job. It's the numbers. And I'm losing my mind because the numbers have been bad because the only numbers that matter is the score and the Cubs had less numbers for three straight games in Miami. All right, enough about the lineup. Let's get into this game here a little bit. Uh, first inning, Steele and Hoeing. Hoeing was pitching for the Marlins, if you didn't know. Uh, both got through the first inning. Both gave up a single. No big deal. Moving on. Top of the second, Cubs go down in order. Then the Marlins come up and uh, you know all they had was a Nick Fortes walk against Steele. No real big deal. Nothing hurt. In the third, the Cubs did score the first run of this game. Uh, Unfortunately, it was a little bit ugly and a precursor to something that would come later. Edwin Rios, in his first at-bat of the game, hit a double, like a good hit, and uh, that would later get him sat down, I guess. I don't know what the hell is going on. Gomes followed with a ground out, but that moved to Rios to third with one out. So now we're just looking for a sacrifice fly, right? Or a ground out, anything just to bring him home. No big deal, right? And Nico Horner is up. So that's good. We're excited. This is how it's supposed to work. Nico Horner's our guy. He strikes out swinging. The worst possible outcome is the strikeout, because then Rios is just standing there. There's nothing he could do. Luckily, Dansby Swanson, who has not been good recently, did come out and hit a single and bring Rios in, which was good. And then uh, Hap grounds out and and the Cubs did score the one, which was good. But man, you know, that whole like the Nico striking out right there made me, made just didn't feel right. In the bottom of the third the Marlins responded with a Garrett Hampson double John Birdie singled and that moved uh Hampson over to third and then Garrett Cooper strikes out unfortunately the ball goes right past Jan Gomes our defensive catcher I mean it just it literally just went right past him and then and that wasn't even the worst part because when it happened, go back and look at the video. I mean, I guess he gets up and goes, but it doesn't look like he has a huge amount of concern, even though they had a runner at third, like there was no hustle really to get to the ball. And then he gets there and he flips it back to steal under like this underhand backflip flip thing and the ball gets away and. I blame Gomes's dumb throw. There was no way he was getting him at that point anyway because he hadn't hustled over to get the ball. Steele looked like it took him a second to get off the mound. It was, it was a bad play all around. The Marlins tied up the game, and they had another guy at third, 90 feet away from scoring another run. And who's up to bat? Uh, Luis Arise. And I guess, you know, even though they've got Plenty of room to put him on the bases and maybe not let him drive that run in. They go ahead and pitch to the guy who is hitting 438 on the season. Yes, it's still early in the season, but it's not that early. This guy is just raking and raking and raking. And you got a guy at third. Why not just put him on and attack Jorge Soler next? Go for him. He's hitting Two twenty-one. Granted, Solaire has a lot of power and can crush one, and then it's a three-run homer if that were to happen, but he's also a great strikeout candidate, so maybe go after him instead, but they don't. Luis Arise hits a single, drives in the run, and the Cubs are down by one, Arise is on first. Then they hit Solaire with the pitch. Now you got two on. Luckily, Gene Segura, uh, he hits into a double play and they get out of the inning. Good Lord. They could have done that with Soler if they'd put Arise on. And it's very possible that they get out of that inning without giving up another run. I, I don't know. What is David Ross doing? Why are you pitching to Luis Arise with a guy on third? Good Lord. The double play, by the way, got to give Wisdom some credit here. Uh, Snagged the grounder, stepped on third, threw it over to Hosmer for first. That's a double play. He's playing really good third base. Why, again, doesn't he just do that all the time? I mean, I guess Madrigal needs the at-bats. Whatever. I don't know. At least he didn't get the at-bats in this game. But Wisdom is... He's the best third baseman they got on the big league squad right now. And they need to just keep playing him over there. They shouldn't be doing this with Mandrigal at all. Just keep wisdom over there. He's looking good. I like what I'm seeing. He's gotten better. I think at one point when he first got out there, it seemed like maybe he wasn't going to be a great third baseman and maybe he's not a great third baseman, but he does a lot of good things over there. I like it. Moving on to the fourth, uh, I know I said that Saya should have had a day off, and I believe that he kind of needed a day off. But he did hit a triple to lead off the fourth inning. And I mean, I didn't think it was gonna be a triple right off the bat, but Saya sure did, and he knew right away he got moving. It was uh it was impressive. He slid into third, but I mean, he might not have really needed to. <laughs> I mean, he had he had that play beat. It was good. And then, of course, you know, you start the inning, you got a guy at third. Hopefully, nobody's gonna strike out with the guy at third. And of course, Bellinger did not. He hit a sacrifice fly out to Chisholm. There was nothing he could do. And and say it basically just trotted home. So now the score is tied. Uh, Wisdom flies out, but then Hosmer hits a single. Edwin Rios walks, and then Jan Gomes gets hit by a pitch to load the bases. We already have one run in this inning. The bases are loaded, and our guy, Nico Horner, I mean, come on. Nico Horner is up to bat. This is exactly what we're looking for. This is what we want, just like last time. And just like last time, he struck out with the bases loaded. And he, here's the thing. I don't. Maybe I'm misremembered. I don't know. I don't think that's the first time that's happened this weekend. Anyway, Cubs. Uh, they settle for one run and the tie. I'm sure that's just going to be good enough, right? Yeah. Wrong. Miami immediately responds. A Garrett Hampson double brings in uh, Nick Fortes, who had singled and then stolen second base. Luckily, uh, Cubs get out of the inning when Jan Gomes sort of redeems himself by nabbing a ball in the dirt and being able to throw out Hampson at third, which gets the Cubs out of the inning with uh, only a one-run deficit. Cubs went down in order in the fifth, and then uh, in the bottom of the fifth, Steele and Gomes got together on a strike-em-out, throw-em-out double play. Great tag by Dansby Swanson on uh, the John Birdie sliding through. Uh, it looked really, really nice. And the old strike-em-out, throw-em-out double play is really fun to see. In the sixth inning, uh, Skip Schumacher pulled his starter Brian Hoing and put in Andrew Nardi. That was excellent for the Cubs because Cody Bellinger absolutely destroyed a baseball. Bounced it off of one of the ads on the second deck. Very, very nice. Cubs tied. Feeling good again. The next three guys go in order, and uh, the game's tied again. I don't know if the Cubs necessarily know this, but just tying the game Isn't quite enough, you got to keep it going. Oh, this is also when uh they replaced Edwin Rios because, like, you know, maybe Rios doesn't hit well against Nardi, but uh, I don't know. Nelson Velasquez did get good wood on the ball, he definitely did. I had hoped that you know maybe that was gonna drop in, but it carried just enough. Uh, Out to right field for the out. Still, I don't necessarily know why you bring Nelson Velasquez into the game at this moment for the DH when Edwin Rios, a hit, scored a run, and had a walk. Okay, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Well, maybe, but not right now. Justin Steele gets through the bottom half of the six, uh, and then exits before the 7th. Uh made sense. Not going to complain about that. Steel pitched a pretty good game. Uh you know, 3 runs scored, only 2 of them counted against him, but not enough offense, not enough bringing guys in to help Steel out in this game. No decision was the best he was going to get. So, he was gone. Uh, the bullpen did their job for a little while until the eighth inning when Keegan Thompson entered. Uh, He walked his first batter, John Birdie. Uh, Jesus Sanchez hit a single, Birdie to third, and then Luis Arise, which I'm still not sure why they're pitching to a guy who has a 438 batting average. Uh, He ends up hitting a sack fly that scored Birdie. It didn't look like Keegan Thompson had it and at least David Ross was ready this time and he immediately pulled him and uh, replaced him with Adbert Azulay who got out of the inning unfortunately the Cubs were down by one going into the ninth Uh, you got Jan Gomes Horner and Swanson coming up in the ninth. You think, ooh, well they might be able to do something here. Fly out from Gomes, strike out again from Nico Horner. That's three in this game. He did get one hit, but ooh, not a great game for Nico. And uh, then Dansby grounds out to finish off the game. And AJ Puck gets the save, and the Marlins get the sweep over the Cubs. Cubs are at the end of April, 14 and 13. They're still in the wind column. So, hey, that's good, I guess. It's on to Washington, D.C. today. This game will be played at 6.05 Chicago Standard Time. The Nationals are not good. Again, uh, they are 10 and 17. They are fifth place in the NL East. Drew Smiley will be facing off against uh, Al Gore. Oh, my bad. Sorry, it's Washington, D.C., and my brain is stuck in the 90s. No, it is uh, Mackenzie Gore, because apparently two last names equal one full name. I don't know if you can even really count Gore as a last name. I mean, it is, but it's kind of like cotton. I don't know if I would count that as a normal last name to say that, you know, somebody had two last names for a full name if their name was like Mackenzie Cotton. Oh, God. Terrible. Anyway, uh, Mackenzie Gore is uh, 3-1 and on the season. He's got a 3.00 ERA, uh, 27 innings pitched, 35 strikeouts. A lot of the Cubs have seen him, but nobody has more than three at-bats. So this must have all been from last year. Uh, Gomes has is one for two. Hap is one for two. Horner over uh, two. Madrigal over two. Saya is one for three. Swanson over two. And wisdom is one for three. Smiley has a similar situation against the Nationals, except for uh, a couple of guys have seen him a little bit more often than that. Um. Let's see, a lot of ones and two at bats. Chavez is two for six. He's got a home run against him. So there's that. Uh, then you got Victor Robles, who's hitting 222 in nine at bats. So he's seen him a, a few times. Dominic Smith is two for two. And Lane Thomas is three for six, hitting 500. I'm going to head out of here. Keep rounding those bases. I am safe, home. Smuggled.